Hi, this is Joey, and you're listening to the Comic Relief Podcast. Hey, listener. Welcome to the Comic Relief Podcast. Hope you survived the experience. The Comic Relief Podcast is an unscripted discussion about the pop culture surrounding comic books with your hosts, Uncanny Thomas Logue and Mighty Michael Moran. Uh, greetings, listener. How are you guys doing today? Hope everyone is doing well, and welcome back to the Comic Relief Podcast. How you doing today, Tom? Doing really good. How you doing, man? Doing great. So for full disclosure, we got to let you guys know we had a full-on three-hour recorded podcast, but something happened. You know, what's funny is I should have listened to you, because <laughs> originally you said... Should we check to see if the fan yeah. is going to ruin it? And oh, because like, no, no, no. I can edit it out. Tom gave Colleen and I such a hard time about the thumping noise and the squeaky chair. I thought as soon as I saw this fan running <laughs> on his desk, I asked Tom, are you sure? And I'm sure he has it recorded, too, as if the mics were on. Yeah, are you sure was. you want to record with this fan on the disc? And you were like, yeah, yeah. What? What's the big deal? Yeah, the only problem is the fan vibrated yeah. the table, which is made out of glass, which yeah. vibrated the <laughs> mic stands, which are on that thing. So yeah. the whole thing had a hmm to the whole thing yeah. <laughs> i did get the the sound out but then we sounded like c-3po that yeah british accents and yeah. All. yeah british accent amazing how that yeah. just happened <laughs> so we're here we are we're, we're gonna re-record it we're gonna do our best to um to recapture, recapture the moment rebottle the lightning that we had <laughs> so michael and i got to see a 17 minute preview of guardians of the galaxy yes yes Awesome 17-minute preview. 17-minute preview was probably better than most full-length feature movies I've seen recently. I, You know, I've said the same thing. I've tried to tell people. I said, in 17 minutes, I can already tell that's probably going to become my favorite Marvel <laughs> movie, man. It is. It was good. Well, there may be some spoilers here. We know some folks are sensitive to, you know, movie spoilers. That's you, so, Mario. Yeah. <laughs> so fast forward this a bit, if you like. The 17-minute clip essentially takes place. I, I want to say it was probably, I want to say well into the movie, but... It's not the it first was, 17 minutes yeah, of the movie. Yeah, it's definitely not the first 17. Feels like maybe we've gotten to this point after some individual stories, maybe how Star-Lord was captured. Because it starts off while they're being processed into a, a prison. Essentially, it's an extended trailer of that, really. It's a 17-minute trailer. Really good, really good. The humor is dead on. Yeah, the humor I mean, is perfect. Rocket's running his mouth. As they're being processed, they're talking about how he's escaped from like 20-something other prisons yeah, before. 22 other prisons before. And... and and he's as, already got a plan. Yeah, he already has a plan. And as by the time he's done telling his story, the story, the movie just keeps going and they start breaking out of this prison. So it's it's, yeah. it's really good. I don't want to say anything too much about it because it's freaking hilarious. It is good. But it is the really prison good. break is excellent. Star-Lord. I was wondering how he was going to act in this movie because from the commercials, it did seem like he was going to play it kind of, uh, you know, with a little bit of a humor to it. You know, yeah. you can't really take him seriously. I was afraid that he they might push him to go a little more serious with his character. And based on the 17-minute clip, he's going to do great. Yes. Batista did a really good job. I was a little concerned at first because, as we've mentioned before, most wrestlers really don't make very good actors. They have the look down, right? right? They have the look. They have the size. They look like heroes and villains. But sometimes they don't have the acting chops. Yeah, the charisma. Yeah, yeah. And that came out a little bit at first. But as he kind of kept talking a little bit, you kind of got where they were going with the character. And I think he's going to do great as well. Yeah. And even if you don't completely follow... 
like what they're trying to pull off, Rocket kind of explains yeah. it too when he, when he says, you know, he takes everything literally. It's going to be a good movie. I mean, it had, you know, had everything. It had action. The special effects were great. Yes. This is going to be um, a solid movie. We might see it multiple times. I might see it multiple times. On the same day. Yeah. <laughs> so what they're doing too, I just found this out. They're um, the At AMC Theaters, opening weekend, they're giving away like little mystery packets. Oh, yeah. I saw you post something about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So these little mystery packets, what they have is they'll have some like random swag in it. And one out of every 100 has a pin for each character. So I think this is definitely a way, as if people weren't going to see this movie multiple times. Enough. Yeah. yeah, exactly. There's going to be a lot of incentive to go see it multiple times and then take more people with you. So yeah. you'll probably see these pins pop up on eBay and you can collect them. I laughed. I cried. I, I stood up and cheered. It was, I can't wait to see this movie, man. To me, it was almost like seeing Star Wars for the first time. A little bit. Well, the only difference would be that Star Wars was one of those movies that you you didn't really there was no anticipation yeah. you know what I mean like there was I, no previews back then exactly <laughs> exactly this one there's a lot of anticipation for it there's a lot of hype and it, from from what we saw I think they're gonna deliver I agree it's spoilers 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 they've announced there might be a cameo from Howard the Duck yeah so I was <laughs> I was watching a clip about this yeah. where a couple people were speculating it could be anywhere because it's so last minute it could be anywhere from like because Star Lord is basically a child of the eighties mm-hmm. so he could be you know they might do a flashback to where he's reading a Howard the Duck comic. Mm-hmm. Or at some point, since they're in a prison, what if you see Howard the Duck kind of just Howard in the back room? The, that, I mean? I would, that would be awesome, dude. Because, yeah. okay, first of all, Howard the Duck is a Marvel Comics character. He has, he is, a, is an old Marvel Comics character and he is a cosmic alien type. So it would be totally fitting for a Howard the Duck cameo. And I'm not saying I want him to come out and have like speaking With, lines and yeah. everything. Nah, man, even if Howard the Duck was just, like you said, in a cell or something. If there's a movie you're going to bring him in, it's going to be Guardians of the Galaxy, yes. right? You're not going to yes. have Howard the Duck appear in Avengers. That's yeah. just going to seem really odd. <laughs> exactly. But where you have a movie with a talking raccoon and a talking tree, sure. Howard the Duck just might Perfect. fit. Also, they announced what Nathan Fillion's... Well, he's going to be a, some a large alien or something, yeah. right? Like There was so much speculation about who he was going to be, if he was oh, going to be yeah. Nova, if yeah. he was just going to have a little cameo as, you know, from the Firefly reference kind of thing, yeah. like a space cowboy. Yeah. Any of it would have been awesome. Yep. And again, perfect movie for... Uh... <laughs> To throw that kind of yes, cameo in. Absolutely, yes. absolutely. So what else do we got today, man? A company by the name of Glitchsoft uh, got a hold of us and said, Hey, we dig your podcast. We want you to try out our game, the Uncanny X-Men Days of Future Past. It's for iOS only right yep. now. They gave us a free code to try it out. Both Maiko and I gave it a spin. You, you want to talk about it first? Absolutely. So the Days of Future Past is a side-scrolling game. You start off with, with Wolverine, and then later on you start unlocking characters such as uh, Shadowcat, Shadow Cat, Kitty Pride. What are some of the other characters? Some of the other characters that are available right now are Cyclops, Colossus, and Scarlet Witch. There's plans to bring in some more characters as well, right? Coming soon, we have Storm, Polaris, and Magneto. Nice. That is a good choice. Polaris, huh? Yeah, Polaris. Oh, that's pretty cool, man. The game is essentially it's a side scroller the controls are very smooth actually one of the things that they do really well is the jumping while fighting mechanism the graphics are real smooth it's really bright really lush it's a really cool game um is it released out for for sale already or is it, it still... is for sale right cool. now and it is normally 
$2.99. Recommend you guys go out, check it out, try it out. We're trying to get one of the developers to come on and kind of yes. talk to us and tell us about the process. So look for X-Men Days of Future Past on the uh, iTunes store. All right, man. So should we get into it? Comics, round Comics. two. I have a long list of stuff that I'm currently <laughs> collecting and little notes of what I like and don't like. So little notes of what you don't like. So before we recorded last week, the infamous failed recording, uh, Tom had this printout, essentially this like large... 30-page printout. Yeah, it was a, a, a stuff that he was just going to go through. And uh, as he was going through his list last week, he was like ripping out these pages from his book and just <laughs> flicking them at my face, angry about everything, it seems like. So um, he didn't. He doesn't have the papers anymore because he shoved them all down my throat and I had to uh, swallow them and pass them. They're all on the iPhone, so I'll yeah. just hit Micah with the iPhone. Absolutely. I get angry. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Why do they do this, Michael? Exactly. All so, right. we, we, what did we start with last week? It was Marvel, right? right. You wanted to get through the Marvel stuff because it's yeah, a little quicker. Yeah, because Marvel's shorter, smaller mm-hmm. list. So, first one will go down, and I did it alphabetically. First, we'll go with all new X Men. Yes. Are you collecting this? I'm not collecting this currently. I'm trying to catch up to them. So, I've, I've started from all new X Men one, and I've kind of been trying to catch up. I was hopeful when mm-hmm. they first announced all new X Men because yeah. it's supposed to be the original X Men coming back. They've basically brought the X Men back, and then separated them all. And then just jacked them all up like yeah. the regular X-Men. <laughs> yeah. And there's a couple of things I don't understand. For example, they're supposed to be the past version of the current X-Men, like the same timeline. Mm-hmm. So we even see when something happens to Cyclops, the older adult one kind of mm-hmm. blinks out for kind of a second. And so I started thinking, wait a minute, so if these are the 616 X-Men, mm-hmm. everything that's happening to them would oh. alter who they are currently. You're you're trying to figure out space-time <laughs> uh, paradoxes, dude. Time-traveling paradoxes. annoying. You're going to tie your head in knots, man. Just just take it at face value. Don't do that. The X-Men universe has gotten messier and messier because of this whole time-space thing that they keep doing. Yeah. If we've learned anything from the X-Men is that the space-time continuum, these super strong, like, unmovable things, like, unchangeable things. Yeah. Like, anytime someone comes back and says, hey, we have to do something because it could really ruin the space-time. Yeah. No, it there can't. Was... No, it can't. They've done so much damage yeah. with time travel that... <laughs> That essentially you can do anything. I mean, so many characters have traveled back and forth and across multiple universes. Overall, I've not been enjoying the all-new X-Men. A lot of it is I'm not a huge fan of the way Bendis writes. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what, the one one thing I did like about the all-new X-Men, and I'm sure we're going to touch on this here in a second, but but the the Cyclops solo series. Yes. Spread it out. Is that on the the alphabet? That is on the list. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll table that. What's next? So next we have one that I think you will be glad to talk about because you were just talking about Mm -hmm. right before we started recording is all new x factor yes so good (laughs) so good now the art bothers you right yes it's the art it's the art peter david i think is an excellent writer yes the previous x factor to this one i didn't collect like i got the first issue and i was like i don't really dig the art and then many 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 issues later they bring in havoc polaris Mm -hmm. long shot and i'm like okay well now we have three of my favorite characters yeah. sitting in this book, mm-hmm. I have to get it. So I backtracked to like 225 and up. And I was like, oh, you know what? That was actually pretty good. And then I backtracked to like mm-hmm. 210 and up and then 200. And I eventually got them all. Mm-hmm. And I've read them all. And now I'm like, okay, I was able to power through the art. So do you have them from, do you have X Factor from? One up. One up. The so original you, series, you even the have the originals? Series, yeah. Oh, nice. Cool. Yeah, a huge fan of the way Peter David writes. Yes. 
So that's why when they announced this one, I picked it up. And that's the main reason I'm still collecting it. Mm -hmm. I'm not bothered by art in comics if the writing is good. The way I set up my hierarchy of liking a comic or not is writing first. If the writing blows me away, I can forgive bad art. Now, bad art is distracting. Yeah, that's and, and I'm not saying that the X Factor is bad art. I... I I don't. It, no, it does, it's not. I don't bad. mind it, but I can do with different or style, real stylized yeah. art. I don't want to see. I don't even see it's mediocre. I like it. it's real stylized, but I can't deal with reading a bad comic if it's like Alex Ross. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just great artwork. But if there's no content, I can't do it. But Peter David is doing a pretty damn good job. I agree. The story I really really like. You know what I enjoy about Peter David's writing and and is in particular X Factor. This team has already gone on like five adventures slash missions. Yeah. There's so much going on and it's so fast paced. I really enjoy it. They brought on a bunch of new characters. The team's full now. Gambit got himself involved in some really nice drama. Which yeah. Which is really cool. Yeah. Well, naturally you would like the Gambit centered stuff. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and what kills me, okay, this whole podcast is going to be full of spoilers. So if, yeah. if you read comics, read the comics that we're talking about first yeah. and then listen. If So the X Factor team is essentially, it's a, a team formed by a, a private corporation, right? It, the CEO is like this totally suave tech kind of a guy, right. right? One of the side stories is that he's having some problems with, you know, his his wife and his marriage, and he's not right. he's not the most uh, loyal of dudes when it comes to that, right? Yeah. He does cheat on his wife with his secretary, and that was kind of like a little aside, you know, it was just a little side story that Peter yeah. David had, had dropped in there. Maybe it'll probably lead to something. It, it, that, that was yeah, it was going to lead <laughs> to something, and and sure enough, it did. Gambit's sitting at a bar, he's having himself a drink. Oh yeah, that's right. Being a real cool guy, and this this bombshell of a blonde just approaches him says you know what do you do he says oh well i'm a superhero you know real charming (laughs) what's your powers and it says by my powers being irresistible to women you know (laughs) and you know a couple couple more drinks later the next thing you know they're waking up for breakfast the next day you know what i mean they're they're in bed they've obviously spent the night with each other gambit finds out that that was the uh his boss's wife wife. yeah Yeah. (laughs) that's freaking hilarious oh it's really good so they're they're on they're on this mission fighting this super villain ceo finds out the team's on a mission. The mission's over. They get teleported out of there right as a supervillain is about to attack the attack team. Them, yeah. So the entire team gets teleported except for Gambit. <laughs> <laughs> so what's cool is what's the name of the company? Oh, Serve. I think it is like Cerverus or something like that. So what's really cool is did you pick up Spider-Man 2099? No, which is also a Peter David book. It is also a Peter yeah. David book. There's a huge accident with mm-hmm. the truck. Guess what the truck company nice. is? Nice. It's very the cool. same company. So he ties that in with X Factor. I, I'm glad. That's that's so. awesome. All right, what's next on your list, man? Next we have Amazing Spider-Man. Are you getting that? I I'm not. I'm I know not. we talked about it last week, and I have to keep asking you. Did you get that? It's all right because they don't know that. <laughs> That's right. So no one knows. You that. can go ahead and ask, and I'll just. I won't be like, dude. I just told you last yeah, week. It's like we just men in black. Our yeah. whole audience. <laughs> they don't know this. Exactly. They don't know any of this. So no, I'm not picking it up. But Peter Parker's back in the driver's seat, right? Yes, and it's actually really good because it- so Superior Spider-Man was really really good. Mm-hmm. It was a oh, really good excellent. read. It yeah. was so, so good. Yeah. And, you know, you saw Doc Ogg basically improving all these elements that Peter could have done, but just never did or just wasn't thinking about it all the way through. And so when Peter comes back, 
and takes control of Spider-Man. He has no memory of anything that Doc Ock has done. Even though he was in his head? He was in his head, but he Doc Ock ended up basically squashing him away. You know, for a while he was in Doc Ock's head, like trying to steer mm-hmm. him, but eventually Doc Ock shook him out and basically boop, got rid of him. Okay. So there's a whole period where Peter has no idea what Doc Ock did. So now all these villains are like completely terrified of Peter Parker and mm-hmm. he doesn't know why. Like when he shows up, they just give up. They're like, just don't hit me again. There's the thing where he, as Doc Ock, when he was Superior Spider-Man, he fell in love with, uh, you know, fell in love with, cared for deeply. I don't know if Doc Ock ever really fell in love, but he seemed to the uh, really care about, yeah, the little person. Mm-hmm. And then when Peter Parker comes back, she doesn't know that it's Doc Ock, and then Peter Parker is trying to find a way to tell her, uh, the mm-hmm. person you fell in love with isn't me. I mean, it is me, but it isn't me. So Peter Parker's dealing with relationship issues, eh? Yeah, for that one thing, for her. And he, <laughs> it he breaks works, it. It so works for him. Yeah. So it's really cool that you're seeing all these repercussions from the other title. It wasn't just that, oh, Peter Parker got control again. He's Spider-Man. Wee-hee. So I, I do need to catch, I do want to catch up because it seems like the Superior Spider-Man book is continuing. They're not ending it. From what I saw, it's continuing for two more issues. Oh, okay. They're doing the uh, the Spider-Verse thing? Yes, yes, yeah. And I guess they're bringing back Superior Spider-Man for two issues to do that. I got to tell you, man, this Superior Spider-Man, the look, the, the really dark tone. The costume? Of the costume with the uh, with the spider arms. arms or legs or whatever that come out. That has to be... Um, Spider-Man's coolest look since the Black Symbiote. So what's next on your list? Next on the list we have Amazing X-Men. Yes, Amazing X-Men. I think you might be maybe an issue or two ahead of me, but last one I read was the World War Wendigo 1. So the the story is going up north. It's Canada, eh? Hey. (laughs) From what I've read, they've managed to... Wendigo appear to be a really, really, really scary kind of a terror type of a threat. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, So not like just like a big kind of a Sasquatch kind of a character rib off. Yeah, you want to go there again, yeah, right? Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, since it is Alpha Flight, it's kind of weird that Sasquatch is not there. Right. But whatever. Exactly. But, so um, it looks it looks pretty cool. These are the adventures that I do like for the X-Men. Uh, Wolverine takes a distress call from... It's Aurora, right? You keep calling her Aurora. It's Vindicator. Aurora's the... Um, Aurora's the other twin, the other speedster. She's the female speedster. Gotcha. Vindicator. It's I thought Vindicator, Vindicator was Guardian. dude. I think, I think Guardian. Yeah, it might be Guardian. I always Dude, you're the two. Alpha Flight guy, but man. They switched back and forth so many times. Like, <laughs> so before before this issue, though, I I, I got to mention that Vindicator. there was uh, it's Vindicator. <laughs> Vindicator is she's Vindicator. She is Vindicator. She is Vindicator. He's Guardian. Before this this whole World War Wendigo thing happened, there was just a really quick short story with uh, Firestar, Iceman, and uh, oh. Spider Man as a guest star to the Amazing X Men book, which was really cool because that was a nice little throwback to the Spider Man and, and his Amazing Friends cartoon. So the the World War Wendigo was. Um, Seems like it's going to be a good book, right? Yeah, so I always <laughs> thought Wendigo was just a single dude. Anybody could be a Wendigo, huh? So, yeah, the story behind Wendigo is anyone, I don't know why it's specific to Canada, man who eats of man's flesh mm-hmm. may suffer the curse of the Wendigo. Yep. And so in Amazing X-Men, you have that one dude gets in the fight, yeah, accidentally throw, kills the guy, yeah. and then goes, well, in order to cover the body, he just throws him in the meat grinder. From that point, uh, we see Wolverine landing, talking to Vindicator in Canada about Guardian's been missing. It's not like him. And now this is what kind of me off right so storm's looking for wolverine and she's so worried about him because he's lost his healing power and he's not supposed to be out because he could die isn't that everyone everyone who doesn't have a healing who doesn't power? have a healing why is she so worried about wolverine <laughs> is, is is he super fragile now like super incredibly fragile that if he goes out on a mission everyone's worried that he might die well i think it's because despite not having a healing factor perhaps she's concerned because he does still have sort of a berserk tied to him you know even though he runs a school with a bunch of students 
a bunch of children that yeah. they'd constantly throw out there in front of like uh, super powered psychos <laughs> and sentinels yeah but all of a sudden everyone's rated about like they're like oh my god this is like our golden goose you know this yeah. is like our franchise player yeah. Don't he's our money maker sure. he's our money maker where did he go well there is the event in marvel where he's supposed to die they're gonna kill him yeah and he'll be back and again. he'll be back you know what i was thinking the other day dude is there a character called gimmick that you know of no but that should be the marvel slogan there should be a character called gimmick that every time marvel does something stupid like this he appears in the background like the watcher like oh the gimmick is watching you know what i mean like just so the audience knows that oh oh this is a gimmick okay cool this will be maybe undone they should do soon. that with that little ar code yeah like, when the person <laughs> dies you do the ar code and if gimmick and shows up gimmick then shows you know up he's coming back. yeah yeah and he dc can use him as well he yeah. can cross over any company yeah 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 that way when they have their um bagged covers and their multitude of variant covers they can just kind of throw a little gimmick in the background he'll be in the background just waving yeah yeah. kind of like where's waldo exactly yes he'll be in the trees yes or for the folks out there that watch adventure time they add a little little waving snail into every episode so yeah i think they should uh, definitely implement a little gimmick character (laughs) like this yes you know what i mean we should make a a webcomic called gimmick dude totally Uh, just make people die and then have gimmick in the background and the next comic just have that person be alive oh we should totally do that we should take um like classic you know like deaths of characters or real gimmicky stuff yeah and just kind of photoshop gimmick into the background background. yeah like he was there yeah he was was there every time there yeah every time all right so next is another book that i know you're reading uh captain marvel good book it's starting to kind of drag a little bit this Captain Marvel story has started off really, really good for me, like a 10 out of 10. After every issue, it's kind of just going down a notch, down a notch, down a notch. I mean, the story essentially revolves around her trying to help people that don't want to be helped. It's starting to wear on me like, dude, just let them die then. That's why I'm not a superhero and people are. Yeah. Yeah. So have you read the latest issue? Do you know what is causing the sickness and all that? No, actually, I don't. We find out what's causing it. Could they have done that like in that second issue? They could have, sure. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so far enjoying it. Found what's causing the sickness and it's kind of weird. Okay. I don't want to say what it is, but I was like, oh, that's weird that they would find this on this planet. Okay. This particular element doesn't have to be just from Earth. Is it, um, oh my God, why can't I bring in vibranium? The, yes. There you go. So it's, it's vibranium? sickness. Spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll move along with this. So next yeah. we have Cyclops. Great, 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 great book, man. I'm not sure if they're past two. I'm, I've only read up to two. I mean, this is a 16-year-old Cyclops going out with his uh, father, Corsair of the Star Jammers. Right now, it really feels like they're just kind of going on adventures. Kind of a real piratey type feel yeah, to it. it's kind of a pirate slash Star Wars feel to it. A little bit, yeah. You know what I, I mean? It's... A lot of it's most icely feeling to me. Uh, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. On a planet, they're like, put a mask on, don't let them see your eyes. Yeah, yes, exactly. You know, Corsair being the, uh, like, you know, a little more grisly uh, adventure. You know, yeah. he's more experienced. He's been there. And Cyclops being just really green and really young and kind of a, a Luke Skywalker-ish feel to him a little bit. You know what I mean? Corsair gives him a sword, says, hey, I don't know how to use a sword. He's like, it doesn't matter that you don't know how to use a sword. Is that people know you have a have, sword. Have one, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> it's it's really good book. I really like what they're doing with it. The main reason I picked it up, because I've never really been too much of a fan of Cyclops, mm-hmm. was the fact that Corsair 
Sarah was in it. Mm-hmm. Over in Realm of Kings, or I believe it was that storyline, um, Vulcan mm-hmm. basically incinerates him. And so now suddenly we see Corsair back, and everyone's like, hey, it's Corsair. And yeah. Like, it doesn't seem to bug anyone. And I'm like, all right, well, last time you, he mm-hmm. died. And they haven't explained how he's come back. They're saying that an explanation as to what happened is coming. I'm glad to see him back. Yeah. I hope he sticks around this time mm-hmm. and that he kills Vulcan. That would make me happy. <laughs> I would like... <laughs> Just kind of just vindicate everything. Yes. Yeah. Hey, son. Bam! There. Yeah. <laughs> killed, killed, killed his son. Next on the list, we have Mighty Avengers. So I originally picked this up because Spectrum, when she first appeared in Avengers 227, I thought, oh, this is a really cool character. You know, she can travel as fast as light mm-hmm. and she can change um, what frequency she is. So, you know, she needs to be like ultraviolet or infrared. Oh, that's pretty cool. Stuff like that. So her power is like pretty diverse. And I always thought, oh, that's a really cool, mm-hmm. unique power. I always kind of find which is that so, so like, how, yeah. I don't know how people come up with new powers now, man. Yeah, seriously. If you've ever tried to sit down and think, okay, what power has not been been done? used? Yeah, <laughs> anywhere. Yeah. The book doesn't feel like it's found its footing now. You know, they're like mm-hmm. 10, 12 issues in. Yeah. And it just still kind of it, floundering along. Yeah, it kind bit. of feels like it's everywhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it almost feels like a more of like a heroes for hire team than an okay. Avengers book. Let me see who the roster is. We have the roster of being Luke Cage, Spectrum. Uh, there was Ronan, whose identity was revealed. We talked about it when we recorded the first time, but we find out, spoilers, it's Blade. Right. And then uh, we have a character by the name of Blue Marvel who has been the focus for like the last couple of issues. Power Man, not to be confused with Luke Cage. This is the little kid who. I'm already confused. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This is a kid who can focus his chi just like Iron Iron Fist. Fist. Mm -hmm. And then we have White Tiger. Falcon is on the team, but I'm guessing that's going to change change because he's taken up the Captain America mantle. And She Hulk. So it's kind of like a weird. It is very, very much uh, Heroes for Hire kind of a street. Yeah, it is. The issues from. What I've read so far, I've been kind of iffy. I always think, oh, I'm going to drop it, but mm-hmm. then I keep reading it. Yeah. It's just enough to keep me reading. Cool. But I just read that Mighty Avengers, as I am told, this book will be canceled soon to consolidate all the Avengers titles. So the Avengers titles will become Avengers, the New Justice Avengers. League of Avengers. Yeah. Uncanny <laughs> Avengers and World Avengers, because four Avengers titles. Yeah, like it's consolidating. consolidating. I bet you the World Avengers book is going to turn into just like every Avenger that's been an Avenger will just kind of throw every once in a while. Yeah. yeah, someone will show up in there. Yeah, which which is cool. You know, kind of like, a, remember the old G.I. Joe cartoons? It's like every episode was a different group. Yeah. You yeah. know, with a couple of the same core guys. Yeah. You know, once in a while you'd have like Shipwreck or Firefly or something like that. Yep. And then next we have New Warriors. Goodness. So. This is a good book. I agree. As 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 silly as it, it gets, I mean the like the running jokes are great. Mm-hmm. The every it seems like every other character in this book has a problem with their name. Yeah. And it just keeps <laughs> keeps going. Really good. So I've read past the the first initial arc. I believe I'm caught up unless there was a new issue this week. Really enjoyed this book, man. Everything about this book finally feels like the new warriors that I'm used to. Yeah, this book is really good. This team is, um, I think they're jiving really well, even though the Scarlet Spider doesn't want to be on the team, really, and he mentions leaving the team. I think he's a good integral part of the team, and hopefully the writers keep him on. I like that his character is kind of, like, angsty, and he doesn't want to be there, and he really thinks he should be. That's cool, but keep him on the team. Keep him feeling that way, but keep him on the team. They even touch on the elephant in the room, right, with the Speedball's penance. Yeah, with penance, which I thought was a great touch, and even how they they mentioned it. 
team sitting at a table at a restaurant eating speedballs kind of drilling them one at a time like what did you do what's your name you know where yeah. did you come from what's your superhero name just kind of being speedball and just yep. kind of being annoying and oh I forget what what's her name hummingbird hummingbird is like what about you do you still cut yourself to speedball and yeah. the whole table goes quiet quiet yep yeah and then he's like yeah you don't like to talk about that yeah. <laughs> yep. and then she starts kind of reading his mind and this is the part that I don't get clear this up for me she kind of goes into her telepath mode and starts right. reading his mind and it shows everyone at the table Normal. Looking normal, except for Speedball, who's penanced from head to toe. I mean, he's in this yeah. like spiked uh, uniform or yeah, spiked costume armor. Is he really dressed like that and using something to make others make Believe. himself appear normal, yeah. or is he dressed as Speedball, but really in his mind he's still like this burden with him? Yeah. On the Crash Pod podcasting, yeah. yeah. we actually talked about that, where I thought you know maybe he has like an image inducer where it makes him look like yes. Speedball. That's it. That's what I was wondering. Like, yeah. Is, yeah. But I have a feeling what she is seeing is despite his outward appearance of being bubbly and yeah. happy yeah. inside she can tell that he still suffers he's carrying this burden yeah he's yeah. carrying the burden and mm-hmm. you know he's still hurting and he wants to do right mm-hmm. and i think that's why when she reads his mind she sees the penance view of him because he yeah. still hurts yeah but it's weird that she says do you still cut yourself yeah and she said something about to um use your powers yeah because that's that's what the thing was was he was he wasn't able to use his powers unless he was in pain, right? Yep, that's and it. that's why that's he penance. created the costume. Yeah, it's pen. Yep. Dude, Jake Waffles and Mr. Whiskers. Oh, the, <laughs> yeah, the dog and the cat. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. And that goes back to the conversation we had a second ago about original characters. Yes. Like how do you create an original character? Well, for the New Warriors, they essentially yeah. brought in a... A dog and a cat. A dog and a cat. And, and the, the cat is becoming... I've only seen the cat in one issue. As one issue or two issues? Two issues, right? The cat and the dog have... Okay, so they were genetically... Enhanced. Enhanced. By high evolutionary. It's yeah. a dog and a cat that walks. There's nothing, I mean... And capable of speaking. And capable of speaking, but... There's a word for that, like amorphanoid or whatever. Uh, oh, anthropomorphized. Yeah. Anim- anthropomorphized. I think that's what it is. It's a so, big word. Yeah. Yes. Now, it is, I think it is two issues, because now on the second issue, they're kind of like armored up. And and they're very naive, too. They're very... they they're, Their personalities are very much like dogs and cats yeah i like the cat because the cat's like i'm gonna kill you the cat <laughs> wants to the cat hates everybody <laughs> the cat's like talking about the dog like no we're not friends and the dog's yeah. like no we're best friends yeah yeah you know because I mean? everyone's dog's best friend right <laughs> yeah yes exactly dogs are super loyal so they have those personalities and dude i will be crazy man but the dog and the cat are becoming like like favorites <laughs> favorites yes <laughs> i hope one day i'm wearing a jake waffles and t-shirt Mr. whiskers t-shirt yes <laughs> Like, you don't know about these guys? Oh. Let me tell you about that. Yeah. <laughs> so next on the list, we have Nightcrawler. Tell me what you think of this book. Not really enjoying it. It seems like it would be such an easy book to just, just jump on and kind of like, it's Nightcrawler. I mean, you can't really screw it up. I'm not a fan of having a villain just pop in on you just for the sake of like... Popping in. Fight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fight. Like, there's no reason. And they do that right off the bat. He's sitting there talking with his girlfriend and the villain just bursts through the wall. So they just jump into fighting mode. And it's like, really? Yeah. Have you read the latest issue? I don't think I have, no. I mean, I've read the first two. You know how it's him, Amanda, and then 
Amanda's mom, whose name I can't pronounce. It's like Sarah Dalias or whatever her name She's is. like the, the gypsy, right? Yeah. Yeah. She does something that turns it around. I'm glad Nightcrawler's back. I really enjoyed his return in The Amazing X-Men. That was a great story. Swashbuckling, Swashbuckling. adventure. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. That's what I was kind of hoping we'd transition into, like more of, of that kind of an adventure. Yeah. I hope they turn it around. I wouldn't say the book was turned around by what she does, but it kind of pushes the story forward okay. with what she does. And then there is Nova, the new Nova series, the one with Sam Alexander. Alexander. Nino? Nova and, name only? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I was going to say, just say what that is because when we first <laughs> talked about it, I'd never heard that. And that's yeah. actually kind of funny. Yeah, there's a lot of people out there that are pissed off about the Sam Alexander Nova and the Ridge Rider Nova and all that. So they, they call him Nino, the Nova name only. Yeah. yeah. Like I picked it up because I was hoping it would have some kind of tie to New Warriors. And what I like about it is, you know, Sam Alexander, he gets his dad's helmet, gets yeah. his power, doesn't really know how to be a superhero. Mm-hmm. So he is constantly messing up. There's a thing where they fight Scar and he gets Scarn's spear, which is a super powerful weapon, yeah. and he chucks it into the sun. He's like, got rid of it. And Beta Ray Bill shows up. He's like, hey, where's the spear? And he's like, don't worry. I took care of it. I threw it into yeah. the sun. And Beta Ray Bill's like, dude, it cuts planets in half. Now I have to go yeah. get it. He does another thing when he finds out that the house that he lives in with his mom is about to be foreclosed on. Uh-huh. He goes out into space, gets this big chunk of gold from mm-hmm. this planet, brings it back, throws it in the backyard. His mom gets up doing dishes, looks out the back window and goes, what the f***? And yells at Sam to say, get it out of here. And he's like, mom, I know about the house. You know, Now we have gold. We can use it to pay stuff off. And she goes, look at the lawn. And the whole lawn is dead because the, the gold is radioactive. So it's a little reminiscent of like uh, really early Spider-Man books where he's kind of making it up as he goes along yes. and making a lot of mistakes and just being constant mistakes, just being a kid. Yeah. Essentially, being a kid with a lot of responsibility and yep. just screwing everything up along the way. Novas are very similar to Lanterns in that yes. they're, they're kind of like those space police. Can anyone wear a Nova helmet? So the way it works, at least for Rich, he was given the Nova power mm-hmm. and stuff like that. With the one for Sam, it seems to be related to his family because someone else had tried to use it and it doesn't work. Doesn't work. But when his sister put it on, it actually worked. Oh, wow. So his helmet's a blue helmet, different from gold helmet, huh? Yes. Let me know when you hit the end of Marvel because I want to bring something up. Almost there. Now we jump to original sin this is where the watcher is killed yep he's assassinated and someone takes his eyeball issue one was good okay watcher's dead uh-huh. who killed him issue two three four five could have been cut shorter they did a reveal where you find out that apparently nick fury that you've known and loved is actually always been an lmd <sighs> he's an old man now oh that's pretty cool so, i bet you that old man's an lmd too probably yeah, yeah. He's, it's all anytime you see him die or anything happens to him negatively lmd it's an lmd and yeah. for anyone who doesn't know who might be like a dc fan listening wondering why they're listening to the marvel portion of it lmd is a live model decoy yep a live model decoy let's see next we have spider-man 2099 it's kind of funny in my notes i say i plan on picking this up it actually came out already came out already oh yeah i remember <laughs> last week everything was, coming, <laughs> yeah, everything out was week. coming out this week yeah <laughs> so i got it i read it i really like it oh man i want to i want to pick it up you I want, should. really want to read it. Especially since it has that tie to yes. X Factor. Right yes. off the, almost like right off the bat, you see this truck accident and you're like, hey, it's this, that Severus trucking yeah. company. I want, to, I, can't, I want to keep thinking Servo, but Servo is not it. Yeah. Serval. There we go. Serval. How do you spell it? S E R V A L. Yeah, we were way off. <laughs> yeah. Serval Sur- Industries. <laughs> the whole book is really good. It's about him trying to find his place now. That's cool, man. Of all the 2099 characters that they could have brought back, Spider-Man was probably the, the, the best ma- one. Yeah, the best one. Yeah. 
they had a they had a bunch of twenty ninety nine titles. They had the X Men twenty ninety nine, uh-huh. Ravage twenty ninety nine. Brought Ravage as the second one. That was the second <laughs> one they brought up. Uh, well, you know what? Ghost Rider, Punisher, yeah. Doctor Doom, um, uh, the Hulk twenty ninety nine. Yep. No, the thing about Ravage, you know why I keep bringing that up? You know who wrote that, right? Who wrote that? It was Stan Lee. Oh, was it really? Yeah, Stan Lee okay. wrote Ravage twenty ninety nine. And then we have a book I know you really like. Superior Foes of Spider-Man. Yes, great book, man. Really, really, really awesome writing. And this is this book is like attributed entirely to the writing. Being able to take a D-list of characters, right, and make them interesting, and then make you want to say, okay, can you do this with other books? Can you do this with other like throwaway type characters. villain characters? Yeah. Not just villains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. any characters. Yeah. Right, because I mean, they have the boomerang right. as the leader. Yeah, um, the shocker who is not so much a—I wouldn't consider him a D-list villain, but definitely a B or C. Yeah, I mean, he's he a, appeared he's, in he's Spider-Man a frequently. Yes, yeah, I mean, he's a threat. But the way they portray him is is brilliant. And then they have like a dude named Overdrive, which I never really his his only power is he's a getaway guy. And then what's her name? Beetle. Beetle, who's revealed to be you know the daughter of uh, Tombstone, right? Yes, Tombstone. I so Beetle, that was great. she has the tech perfectly dysfunctional team constantly screwing each other over they have no idea what they're doing all they know is that they want to be like super rich and famous but don't they're stupid about how they go about yeah, it they don't know how to do it no no it's and, great and they've also brought in Mach 5 uh, who <laughs> used to be Beetle he's, he's like a, a recovered super villain right so he's Beetle yeah. and he's Mach 5 and he's also like a sponsor for recovering super villains and there's this one scene in particular where he's like he, he's talking to Boomerang he's giving him a hard time about being a villain and just kind of drilling him and stuff and then he he dismisses himself and he tries to go through the window he, tries to go, he stares at the window and he just kind of looks at the window and then he turns around and boomerang's like uh you you were trying to go out the window weren't you he's like yeah i didn't realize my wings you know like my suit why, why, wasn't why big enough yeah. so he goes out the front door uh the only thing that's weird about that is like if you read thunderbolts the version that you see there and the version that you see in mm-hmm. superior foes totally night and day difference really yeah like he's he's like pretty bad in Thunderbolts. It was weird seeing him portrayed so differently. Yeah. All right. Next, Thor, God Thor? of Thunder. Yes. Okay. Yeah. This is what I was going to bring up. Yeah. So now Thor is, well, not now. Hasn't happened yet. But Thor will be portrayed as a woman. First, a woman. Quote, yeah. unquote, first female Thor. There's been other female Thors, but this is mm-hmm. like main 616. All right. So we need some clarification here, right? Thor is not a title. She is going to be Thor. So that's, How does that work? that's what I'm not clear on because I saw a preview of something called Thor Unworthy mm-hmm. and it looks like the Thor everyone knows mm-hmm. but instead of his hammer he's got this big axe uh, but I'm not 100% certain on that so Thor has always been a favorite of mine I've collected through thick and thin all of his books including the current one which is Thor, God of Thunder. It's written by Jason Aaron. It feels like a lot of these stories could have been cut four or five issues shorter. Sure. Even though I'm not overly enjoying the current Thor, God of Thunder, I keep reading it because it is Thor. Yeah. Next one I have is Uncanny X-Men. All I can really say about that is I have collected Uncanny X-Men since issue number nine. Well, I didn't collect since issue number 94. I have 94 and up. I began collecting with Uncanny X-Men mm-hmm. 121 and never missed an issue. Went back and got 94 through 121 and I have stuff prior to 94 but it's you know in and out yeah and right now i can honestly say i hate uncanny x-men this is the third time around that i've gone into comic collecting seriously my the initial one when i was young and right. i just you know would buy comics on a weekly basis right 
I stopped collecting for a long time, got back into it because I got really sick and it was like something to do to something pass the do. time. Yeah. And I started, it got me going again. Then I stopped again. And this is essentially, you know, meeting you and doing the podcast and all that has got me back, back into, into it the third it. time. Woo-hoo! This is the first time of the three times that I have not con- collected Uncanny. And I don't blame you. And I really don't feel like I'm like... Missing anything. Yeah. Huge shame, you know what I mean? Because yeah. that was that was a staple book. It was always like, let's see what these guys are up to. And this team just doesn't, mm, I don't know. Literally, I, I buy Uncanny X-Men still. And more often than not, I just kind of flip through it to just kind of see mm-hmm. if I can figure out what is happening in the issue. I have nothing more to really say about that. <laughs> Who would thought I'd ever do a podcast and the shortest segment is Uncanny, the X-Men, Uncanny X-Men, X-Men for me? Yeah. Uh. So there's also X-Men. It's better than Uncanny X-Men because I can tell who's who. The story is actually <laughs> more consistent. Not what I'm looking for when I look for an X-Men comic. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm old and the world has moved on. Uh, is there any Marvel? Because that's the last one for me for Marvel. Deadpool versus X-Force. This is actually pre-X-Force. This is when it was still Cable and the New Mutants, but right. for lack of a better title. It's a really good book. It's essentially the first time that Cable and X-Force meet. And it's just a really good like little time-hopping kind of a shoot 'em up book. Uh, of course, it's Deadpool. Yeah, you know, so it's like a gag a minute. I like it. There's another Deadpool, Deadpool versus Carnage just wrapped up. That would be a hell of a fight. It, it is. <laughs> it, it really was. It was really good. Essentially, Deadpool just takes it upon himself to track down Carnage. And Carnage being this totally random, just, you know, completely crazy mental character. Yeah, there's no rhyme or no rhythm, rhyme or no yeah. pattern. And uh, Deadpool kind of tunes into that and is able to track him down by being completely <laughs> random and just kind of listening to his surroundings and going with gut feelings and just ends up being like a complete nuisance to Carnage just right. showing up everywhere Carnage is and of course you can't kill Deadpool so I mean Carnage does his worst and, and Deadpool just keeps coming back essentially <laughs> to the point where uh, Deadpool annoys him into submission Carnage can't figure out how he keeps finding out where he's yeah. at series ends with Carnage just sitting in a jail cell and, and the guards being totally confused you know he's like <laughs> he just turned himself in he just turned himself in yeah <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a really good book it's a really quick read it's six issues um, one other thing I was going to bring up was Falcon as Captain America. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. You like Falcon taking over the shield, huh? I like that idea. Apparently, from what I've read, is that Steve Rogers loses the super soldier serum for like the third or fourth time now. Yeah. Totally original story. Yeah. (laughs) And Falcon takes over the mantle. I kind of like that idea because not only have Captain America and Falcon teamed up for a long time, there was a whole long run where it was Captain America and Falcon. And the the fact that he's also African American, Mm -hmm. I think that's a pretty cool, like, symbolism that, you know, you have this African American guy taking Mm -hmm. on the mantle of Mm -hmm. America. Gimmick is going to come out. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, gimmick's going to gi- be in this issue. Yeah. Thor will eventually return. Yep, gimmick was there as well. Yeah. He was um, in the background. Captain America will eventually return as well. Yeah. They announced that Iron Man will become... Superior Iron Superior Man. Iron Man, because, you know, Superior Spider-Man did yeah. so well. Now they have to call it Superior It's funny, Iron right? Man. So they've, they've burned all through the, the all-new titles, right? Yeah. Because it was all-new X-Men, the all-new X-Factor, the yeah. all-new... All these all-new titles. Uncanny X-Men. Yes, Uncanny, Uncanny Avengers. Avengers. Yes. So now Superior is... The new um, is the new buzzword title. Yeah, yeah it's the new buzzword i still like the classic golden red you know what's funny is mm-hmm. you previously busted on night thrush because he wrote a skateboard yeah you remember that oh yeah you know iron man had uh, uh skates right yeah. rocket rocket skates. skates yeah <laughs> he no, did fly bad. yeah <laughs> rocket yeah. skates <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I'm not a fan of the Rockets case, really. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like you. I actually prefer that original, the gold and red look that he had. Yeah. So moving over to DC, I have, I'll just lump these two together. It's Aquaman and Aquaman and the others. Cool. Digging both comics. I've always liked Aquaman as a kid. Like, Yeah, you're a, you were a weird kid. I am a weird kid. And a weird adult. Yeah. <laughs> there is no doubt about that. Yeah, totally, dude. It must have been fun playing superheroes with you because you would always, you'd probably want to I, be Aquaman. I would always take Aquaman. It's Everyone's like, perfect. I want Superman. I want this. I'll just take Aquaman. I'll cool. be Aquaman. No one's fighting. No one's arguing with you about it. And no one, I'm just in a little kid pool yeah, you're by in myself. People <laughs> are peeing in the kiddie pool. I'm talking to the fish, guys. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm flying in space. Yeah. yeah, well, I'm talking to whales. <laughs> so the original Aquaman series is awesome. I'm really, really enjoying it. A lot of it takes place in Atlantis and stuff like that. So yeah. it's all stuff in yeah. his element. That's the best stuff. thing they could have done, man. That's so awesome. So it's kind of cool because you get to learn more about him. There's the seven kingdoms and stuff like mm-hmm. that. It's a really good storyline. Mm-hmm. And then Aquaman and the others, I kind of dig it. It was originally introduced in Aquaman, but they brought these characters over into their own series. I don't know how long it's going to last, mm-hmm. but I'm digging it so far. I wasn't too sure about them when they did come out. I think it was Throne of Atlantis, right? That they, in the New 52 anyways, yes. where they had come out. Prisoner of War and, and all these yep. characters. We have Operative, who's your typical mm-hmm. kind of, I have a bunch of guns and I'm yeah. a super spy guy. He's like he's like a throwback to the old, like, old Sean Connery, James Bond yes. kind yep. of a character. Just yep. kind of like an older suave dude. And then you have the Prisoner of War dude who I actually really like. I like that concept that he has these spirits, ghosts, whatever yeah. you want to call, are always around him and he can basically channel their skills and their knowledge mm-hmm. if he needs it. If I remember correctly, they're people from his platoon. From his platoon, right? I think yeah. so, yeah. Yeah, because one of one of, um, one of of his deals was that he used to carry the burden of always constantly having these people in his mind, you know, yes. talking to him and he felt, you know, he, he felt Guilty. he had he had that, yeah, kind of like a survivor's guilt that all, all his platoon died except for him and he kind of went to all his platoon members' family and uh, kind of served as a medium yeah. for them and said, hey, you know, he's last goodbyes. Yes, yeah, but he actually turned out to be one of the characters that I initially didn't like. I thought it was kind of weird at first because of that because he was always so like so down and like unsure of himself yeah. and always, you know, like always had this huge burden. But after he's kind of resolved that issue, he's turned into a really cool character. character. Man. And then there's the Native American girl whose name's Guy. She's kind mm-hmm. of like that shaman. She has that connection to the realm of the dead. And then there is the other girl who's Yarara. The Amazon chick. No one weird yeah, team. No one looks the same. Everyone's yeah. totally different. The next title, it's, it's been a while now, so I've gotten over it as much as it used to bug me, mm-hmm. is Batgirl. So I've said it in the previous podcast that Batgirl was probably one of my favorite comics out of the new 52 which I thought I would never say that A I would like a bat title let alone bat girl (laughs) but it was so well written it focused so much on the character and how she's dealing with everything uh-huh. they recently announced that Gail Simone is off the title and there is a new creative team it's Cameron Stewart and Brendan Fletcher with artist yeah. Babs Tar. and they showed a preview of what it looks like and what they're mm-hmm. doing with the story they pretty much said well forget all that dark stuff now she's gonna go to college she's yeah. gonna have a good time she's gonna have all these friends everything's she's gonna, gonna be, be a, light she's gonna be a girl the little promo they showed of her is like her like in front of a mirror with yeah, a, dude, with taking a, phone, a selfie. Taking a selfie and yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, 
Yeah, I mean, I get it. I would be upset. I mean, I'm not a huge Batgirl fan. I, I like the character of Batgirl. I would be upset if one of my favorite characters was just like, you know what? We're going to take it in a whole different direction. Yeah, just like 180. on a great, you know, while they're on a great run. And and then dropping a fan favorite, Gail Simone. Is 33 the end of like a, an arc? I don't know. 33 has not come out, but I can mm-hmm. tell you right now, it's going to be my last issue. Yeah. Yeah, like, it seems heavy handed. And then for next, Batman and Batman Detective Comics. I pretty much lumped these two together. They're both good, though. They're I mean, just capitalizing on the... On Batman. On Batman. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But they're doing it well. I can't say I don't enjoy either one of them. Mm-hmm. There's also Batman Eternal, which is a weekly comic that comes out. And that one has actually stood out above mm-hmm. Batman and Batman Detective. Even though it's a weekly comic, you think, dude, it's weekly. It mm-hmm. feels rushed. No. This comic is good. It starts off with Commissioner Gordon um, chasing... Uh, someone he you know chases him down in the subway and looks like the dude pulls a gun on him and he fires at him he hits something and basically derails yeah derails the whole okay. train hundreds of people die you know thousands of people are wounded in this mm-hmm. whole accident so he takes the fall and so now he's in prison a new commissioner comes into play but every time batman does something this new commissioner is like you know batman is not the law yeah. whoever he brings in we let him go yeah. right out the door again yeah. so batman's trying to figure out well what do i do now and um, you find out you find out in Suicide Squad, but the Commissioner Gordon's son is still alive, you know, even though it looks like Batgirl had killed her. Sure. Gimmick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he shows up and says, you know what? At 2.43, the cell is going to mm-hmm. open. The guard's going to be there. He's going to let you out. And I'm going to prove that you will not stay here uh-huh. and do time like you should because you're just as broken as I am. Yeah. You will want to yeah. be free of this. And let's see. Next, we got Batwing, which we discussed last time. I've been off and on with the new Batwing. Like, mm-hmm. I like the original that was in the new 52 had more depth I felt like because he was from like Africa and he was like still in Africa this one just felt like African American version of Bruce Wayne you know he had the Batman armor he was in Gotham Mm -hmm. he's basically doing everything Batman does Mm -hmm. but he's just a younger version of him they ended up doing a story where um, his sisters get kidnapped one of them gets injected with a drug and basically becomes completely catatonic like Mm -hmm. just brain dead just gruels you know non-functional the family has to take care of him permanently permanently oh that sucks yeah so now you know Batwing's totally pissed off and the story gets good you know and i was like oh this is so good and i read issue whatever 33 and then i turned the page and it says batwing concluded and i was like what uh, so i google it it gets good huh? yeah i google it and sure enough batwing concludes with issue 34 right along with the next thing i was going to talk about birds of prey <laughs> also ending on issue number 34 dude birds of prey has been amazing yeah from the start it's always been just females they recently had christy marks uh, become the writer uh-huh. and she brought in one guy but he wasn't really kind of it was, part uh, of the team. was it Condor? Condor yeah Condor. Uh, there's a scene where Batgirl is telling Condor hey you know if you're a dude and you join an all girls team, team. <laughs> people are going to think you're and then he interrupts and says awesome yeah <laughs> <laughs> Pretty brilliant. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, the writing has been so good. The art has been so good. And I do not know why they're canceling Birds Mm -hmm. of Prey at 34. Makes no sense to me. It's just all bottom line, dude. Next, we have uh, Catwoman, which I've been hot and cold with. There would be issues that are really, really good. Then there's some that are just really, really boring. They're changing kind of Catwoman's role, too, coming up, right? Yes. The creative team is changing. She's going to be the crime boss of Gotham? They don't say. They just say she is going to be a crime boss. A crime boss. I don't know. I'm kind of conflicted. We'll see where they go with 
this, but I'd prefer a storyline where that title was earned. Like if she scratched and clawed her way to the top, her way to the top, (laughs) like, you know, it'd be, I could get with that. But if there's just like, it's a new creative team and guess what? Now she's a crime boss. And guess why? Because because of lineage. Yeah. It feels like, really? You're just going to dump her into this role? I don't know. We'll see how they handle it. Next, I have Flash. Originally, wasn't I wasn't too into it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely um, picked up speed. <laughs> Still picked funny up, the third time. Yeah, <laughs> picked up momentum. <laughs> it's a much better book now. One of the things that I thought was really interesting is one of the teams that he fought was a team called the Rogues Rebellion. Mm-hmm. During the Forever Evil storyline, they had a couple limited series. They did one for Rogues Rebellion, and it was Captain Cold, Mirror Master, Weather Master, or something yeah. like that. There was some dude who's like a Joker guy, but he's a prank. I think his name is Prankster. <laughs> <laughs> when I read him in Flash, I was like, okay, whatever. Bunch of throwaway mm-hmm. villains. But when I read the six-issue um, Forever Evil series with mm-hmm. them in it, I was like, dude, I could read a comic about these dudes. Yeah. Like, they actually were really well-developed. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they're villains, mm-hmm. but they're not really. DC has some of the best and, and the worst, worst villains. <laughs> and yes. they and they mix them up, too. You know what I mean? It's like, Marvel has some, some stinkers, but you don't see those stinkers come up. And if you see those stinkers come up, it's usually, like, for one or two panels. And it's just, like, the, the hero pounding that stupid villain in the background and, in the background and yeah. then going into the real story DC is responsible for like Joker and yeah. Penguin Two-Face Catwoman I mean these super super recognizable villains yeah. dude next I have Grayson which is formerly Nightwing Look, I, I don't, I don't mind Dick Grayson doing detective work or spy stuff, whatever he has to do. And dude, why, why take off one of the coolest costumes, costumes in comics, dude? I agree. In comics, he has one of the coolest dang costumes, man. Or just do a run where he, you know, he doesn't wear his costume as much, or he doesn't yeah. wear his costume and get it out of your system, dude. You yeah. know what I mean? In the first issue, he does a thing where he's got a gun, and there's another dude on the other side of the train with a gun, and instead of shooting the guy or doing anything like that, he actually takes his gun and throws it and hits, you know, those little train thing signs on the side yeah hits it reflects it off that knocks it into the guy's hand and makes him drop his gun and i was like what why don't you just shoot the guy I don't so know. the book's gonna be how can nightwing be nightwing without being without nightwing. being nightwing next i have green arrow don't really have much to say about it i like the story i can't stand the art can i ask you for a favor man yeah when you don't like the art on a book can you make a note in your phone and who write down who is? the artist is? Yeah, because I, I want to know. Because if this if art bugs you so much, I want to see who these artists are and if it's just like me being delusional. I just want to see who who are these artists? What have they done? What are they doing? Where do they come from? You know yeah. what I mean? Like I don't know. It's just something that's interesting. Next, we have Green Lantern, Green Lantern Corps, and Green Lantern New Guardians. I lump them all together because they frequently mm-hmm. intertwine with one another. Sure. Thankfully, I collect all three books. If mm-hmm. I only collected one of them, it'd be kind of annoying. Yeah, because you know you're like Ring War. Part oh, one, the next issue, you're that. reading Ring War Part Four. Yeah. Now I got to like, I don't collect that book, so now I'm going to have like issue 23, like just randomly. randomly. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh. <laughs> Back in the day, and they would crisscross into other stuff. A lot of times I would get that other issue. And what I would do is when I bagged it, I would bag it with that with Avengers. That? It, yeah. So you'd have like Avengers number 110, and yeah. then on the other side of the bag is the tie-in cross, to yeah. like Defenders or whatever yep. crossed into. Yeah, I would do that too. I would do just that So I'd be sometimes. like, ah, oh, there's that issue, and I don't need to dig it up because I just need to flip yeah. the bag over. And there remember, it is. Remember when the X Men were uh, were fighting the Brood in uh, New Orleans, and they crossed over to the Ghost Rider. Oh yeah, yeah Ghost yeah, Rider. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I did it with that book. Yep. Yeah, I remember that. That was one that sticks out in my mind. Where I was like. <laughs> I don't collect Ghost, Ghost Rider, Rider, dude. You know what I mean? Like, I can't even alphabetize it properly in my box. Yeah, I don't even have a G in my box. Yeah. <laughs> and one that we keep talking about and always talk about how we dislike it, uh, Harley Quinn. I'm just going to say I love the character from Suicide Squad. I don't like this 
solo issue. Yeah, I feel like I'm just beating a dead horse every time we talk about Harley. Yeah. There's people out there that just Harley Quinn can't do wrong. Like yeah. it's, it's Joss, all good. That's you. Yeah, <laughs> the guy. But if if you if you like Google uh, Harley Quinn fan film, there's people out there who've done it. Who well. have done a perfect psycho mental Harley Quinn yep. that is just dark. This book is not it. They'll just throw her like beheading somebody. Just you know, just or to show you someone in half. Yeah, like, cutting someone in half. Yes, exactly. Just to show you how crazy. But it doesn't have an impact. It yeah. doesn't. It doesn't have an impact. Next, I have also by DC. He Man and the Masters of the Universe. Cool. Everyone probably knows. He, well, not everyone. Us old people remember He Man as yeah. Hey, get off my lawn! I remember He Man. I remember He Man back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> great stories. Steroids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Always had a great message at the very yeah. end. <laughs> Um, so a lot of people do. They remember that. Yeah. You know, that, you know, He-Man was this overly kind of happy, campy story. He fought Skeletor. But at the end of every episode, mm-hmm. you know, back in the 80s, he always had a moral. You know, mm-hmm. whatever happened in the cartoon, he said, remember, kids, next time you yeah. want something that bad. He-Man. Should... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The comic, however, totally different. <laughs> totally, <laughs> totally different. This is a little more Conan. Yes. Yeah. The comic is way more dark. Which is awesome. Yes. It's way more awesome. dark. Find out, like, Skeletor is actually related to He-Man. Man mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Oh, I mean, no. just everything's really, really a lot more dark. I love when people, because you know, the guys that are writing these books are dudes our age that grew up with He Man. With He Man, and they said someone said, "Hey, man, we're trying to do it. Like, how would you write He Man? You know yeah. what I mean?" And it's like, forget everything about the cartoon. Forget all that. Yep. It's not for it's not for little eight year olds. So good. I I love seeing stuff like that. Yeah. Next, I have Justice League. This is DC's cash cow. It's, mm-hmm. This is a book that they have their best writers, the best artists mm-hmm. on. Stories are always good. Art mm-hmm. is always good. They're always knocking it out of the park Sweet. with Justice League. Justice League United. Are you getting that one? I can't remember. I think I got the first couple issues of it. Yeah, it was all right. It was all right. I wasn't really blown away by it. Yeah. The team was thrown into a situation where they're, it's almost like they're, yeah. we're in mid-mission. Yeah. It doesn't do a good job in setting up who these characters are. Next, I have Red Hood and the Outlaws. It's good. It's bad. It's good. It's bad. It's mostly just a fun kind of brainless read. They had a really good storyline where they started talking about Red Hood, Red how Hood, he yeah. came back from his resurrection that was actually a really good story because it ties into uh Ra's al Ghul. you know what's funny is in the in that damien son of batman movie they call Ra's al Ghul Ra's al Ghul. like in arrow don't they call him Ra's al Ghul? exactly like i i, 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 I was thinking wrong, but i thought in arrow am i they am him. i not am i tripping i've always heard it pronounced Ra's al Ghul. whatever I just thought that was funny. Next, I have Red Lantern. This is really, really, really good book. I didn't bunch it in with Green Lantern, even though it frequently does tie in with the Green Lantern books. Sure. But Red Lantern, to me, stuck out. You know, before it was pretty good. You know, you had this team of lanterns who were pretty much evil. I, I believe it was Hal. Sends um, Guy Gardner mm-hmm. to go there and become a Red Lantern and basically be a spy. To infiltrate him. Yeah, to infiltrate mm-hmm. him. And what happens is, you know, he was only supposed to be there a brief time and they're supposed to go in, pull him out. Mm-hmm. They end up not being able to pull him out, so he gets stuck as a mm-hmm. Red lantern and so now he had to be it's i believe it's pronounced atriticus or something like that mm-hmm. i always call him atrocious i always just call him atrocious because that's what it looked like the first time yeah. i read it but when i looked at it closer i was like oh i'm saying it wrong yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he beats him and kills him or seemingly kills him but then he appears again and so now that guy is forming his own team of red lanterns to basically take out okay. Guy gardner and his version oh wow what else i got secret origins which just started it's nothing new in it for new for people maybe that hopped on on the new 52, new 52 yeah so you know and, batman's origin yeah. superman yeah. but hopefully the they do some of the 
um, you know, some of the lesser known characters, maybe yeah. that don't really have a clear origin and just kind of, you know, clear them up a little bit. So, yeah. Speaking of origins, uh, I'm going to go on a little aside here. Sure. Did you hear the how they're going to do uh, the Joker in the new Gotham show? Uh, show, the TV yes. show? No. So essentially, I may have misread this. People have been posting pictures of uh, like screenshots. Every episode, there's one potential character that could be the Joker. Uh, the Joker's not going to come out in it. It's not. You don't know Joker's origin. Yeah. He's told so many stories and they kind of do this so in the lies. Dark Knight. Yeah. yeah, so many lies that you don't know. Like, dude, who is it? Can you believe that is the actual origin? Because everything's yeah. a joke to the dude. So that's I, I thought cool. that was pretty cool. And I was just speaking of origins, that, that, that reminded me of that. That's, that's pretty, a pretty cool neat. idea. Yeah, that's a great idea. I like uh, that. <laughs> next, uh, again with the Lanterns, uh, Sinistro. Oh my God, such a good book. It is a good book. Yes. It is a really good book, man. Yes, yeah. When I got it, I didn't know what to expect. I mm. picked it up because it was a Lantern book. Sinistro has been excellent. You know, it's a, he basically is not the leader in the beginning. He yeah. go beats, um, he beats up Arkillo or something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that. Gets, mm-hmm. you know, leadership back. Finds out his people are still alive. He wants to go save them and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But then his people are like, I want nothing to do yeah. with you, dude. You're the reason we don't have a world yeah. anymore. You're yeah. the reason that, you know, everyone yeah. hates us. His daughter, who is a Green Lantern, is mm-hmm. a prisoner, mm-hmm. sort of a prisoner there, but she decides to stay and well, try to she, help. Yeah, she kind of guilt trips him. Uh, yeah. He guilt trips her a little her. bit to be like, nah, no, we have to save our people. And he tells her, like, you're welcome to leave to at leave any time. That's I why will... I said prisoner, but no. Yeah, yeah. She's guilt tripped into yeah. helping. Oh, it's such a good book to me. Yeah, it really is. It so is far, really it's, I know I know pretty much nothing about Sinestro or the Yellow Lantern Court, but it's really good, man. Yeah. I'm really it's impressed. It's a really, really, yeah. really, really good book. Next is Suicide Squad. Deathstroke, Black Manta, mm-hmm. Harley Quinn, daughter. Joker's Daughter. Yeah, They're the new team. I read the first issue. Mm-hmm. It was actually good. I enjoyed it. How are they going to use uh, the Joker's daughter in this, man? Because all these other characters are like hard hitters. Have you read the first issue? Suicide Squad? No, I haven't. So they kind of explained why she's there. The team gets a mission to go do this stuff. And they said, you know what? Deathstroke, you're going to go and assassinate the dude. Deadshot goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why don't I do that? That's yeah. that's my thing. I'm, yeah, I'm Deadshot, right? Yeah. And then so they, um, him and Deathstroke kind of have it out mm-hmm. discussing like who the better assassin is basically. Pissing contest. Yeah. yeah. And then um, later on you see him and you see Harley Quinn, Joker's daughter. Mm-hmm. duking it out she's like he's wearing his face you know bow bow and mm-hmm. Harlequin's beating the hell out of her and so you see the people who are behind it all going why would you put Joker's yeah. daughter on the same team with Harlequin yeah. why would you put Deathstroke with Deadshot yeah it doesn't make sense yeah and the person goes because competition will push everyone to be the best <sighs> Joker's daughter is a joke man no pun intended, no pun intended. yeah <laughs> This, I mean, this podcast has a lot she, of puns. She hasn't proven anything yet. All she's yeah. proven is that she's put on a mask. Not even a mask, a face. Okay, she's put on a face, which, yeah, that's kind of gross, but it's not like... Harley Quinn's like a mass murderer. Insane. A serial killer, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, Joker's daughter, I think, by the end of the... I've, see, I've read her one shot. one shot, and it's like, she hasn't even killed. And I don't know how that got past me. She's on the same team with Harley Quinn. Yeah. Harley Quinn is like totally infatuated. in love, infatuated, obsessed with the Joker. And, and here's this, <laughs> And here's this, like, poser who happened to find the His Joker's face. face and put it on. That didn't even cross my mind. Okay, yeah. that, that could be interesting. You know, it'd yeah. be really cool is if, they, if Harley Quinn just kills her right, right off the bat. That'd be I would great. Be, I'd be good with that <laughs> yeah. as well. Next, I got Superboy, which has been an excellent read all the way up to around issue 26 in which, quote unquote, he dies. And there is a Superboy from an alternate world from the future mm-hmm. kind of thing who takes his place. He's evil. So it's, people don't know that it's, it's the new guy that's kind of... T- 
taking over. Right. I mean, I'm still reading it. I'm still getting it. Next, Supergirl. She becomes a lantern. They're tying it in in both mm-hmm. books. Supergirl's been a fun read. I think that's a pretty cool touch to make her a uh, red <laughs> a red lantern. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. And I like it because Guy Gardner is like, I know who you're related to. Yeah. And if he finds out you're a red lantern, yeah, and that I'm, I'm reading it. I'm in big trouble. <laughs> yeah. And so he is constantly trying to talk her out of it, saying, you know, get yeah. rid of the ring, get rid of the ring. Yeah. She's like, I can't. It'll kill me. And he's like, No, no, no. We have a way we can do it. So that is a very, very fun read. It's it's a really, really good book. So that means DC is probably going to mess with it. Can <laughs> <laughs> cancel it? Um, next we have Superman, which has been a really good book. John Romita Jr. just became the artist of it. And normally I'm not a fan of his art because it's very kind of flat. Flat. Can we add John Romita to that list? Yeah. Well, is no. he on the top of the list? Because the, the the so far the the artists are very similar to John Romita's uh, art. art style. Yeah. It is. They are very similar. Real yeah. cartoony. Real flat. So the thing is, like when he did Spider Man, I didn't like it. When he did Uncanny X Men, I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. When he did Thor, I really liked it. He knows how to draw big, powerful characters. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like dudes. Like he are, could do like the Hulk. You yeah. Know what I mean? Dudes yeah. who are muscular and yeah. just boom, he nails it. And he's doing it with Superman. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I like to see. I think Alex Ross has ruined Superman for me because he did it so well. He did it so like okay. My favorite Supermans are Alex Ross when Alex Ross draws Superman and Christopher Reed. Those two likenesses. Uh, uh, there was a gentleman that a personal project where he did a computer animated Hulk versus Superman. Yeah. Really quick, like three minute videos. I think there's three or four of them. Did it all on his own time with his own resources. He wasn't paid to do it or anything like that. And he used Christopher Reeve's likeness. And it is so perfect. The John Romita Jr., it, it didn't seem like as big a deal as they were making it. He did an article. I can't remember what website. But he said one of the things he was concerned about is getting Superman's nose right. He acknowledges that he draws like the flat yeah. Italian yeah, yeah. Kind of yeah, he thing. does. Yeah, and he, he really said, does. That's, yeah. that's crazy. <laughs> so he actually acknowledged that and said one of my concerns was getting Superman's nose right. Um, Superman, Wonder Woman, been a good book. Third or fourth issue goes right into the Doomed okay. storyline. Superman fights Doomsday. He's more powerful than before. So. I thought that was a really cool touch for uh, Doomsday because Doomsday is already like, all right, you already have, you already build him as one of the most powerful characters, powerful enough to Take submit Superman, Superman and yeah. beat him, right? And how do you bring him back in a cool way too? It's not like I'm back, but now I'm crazier. It's yeah. like, yeah, no, time. like I'm back, but this time I'm more lethal, <laughs> freaking radioactive. It's like, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and I like it because what's that prison zone that Superman puts people in? Oh, the negative zone? The oh. negative zone, no, the, and that's the end zone for the oh, no. Four. That's a Forbidden zone? This is a no no zone. The no no zone. So you don't have to touch me. <laughs> <laughs> he goes for it too. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> Google Superman's no no zone. The Phantom, Phantom Zone. Zone. That's, what, that's it what it is. Doomsday can travel in and out of the Phantom oh, Zone. Oh, that's crazy. That's at cool. will and just appear wherever you want. And then next I have Teen Titans, which it comes out, I think, this week, ironically. It's the one title that didn't come out <laughs> last come week. Out. So next we have Wonder Woman, which has been amazing. Nice. Like initially, I did not pick it up. I've said it before. A new creative team is jumping on as of number 36, David Fitch and his wife, Meredith. From what I've read, they're no longer going to focus on Greek mythology. They're going to instead kind of spotlight her interpersonal relationships and responsibilities to the Amazon and her fellow heroes in the Justice League. Brian Arizello? Yeah, it's something like that. He said he is finishing out the Greek storyline, so he is going to cool. get to wrap it up. And that's it for DC. I, I have just a few things. The uh, Walking Dead, not sure which issue they're on because they're they're now into the, like, well into the hundreds. Um, Really good. They wrapped up their all-out war storyline. You know, they had this war with these other uh, camps of survivors. There was this one camp that was kind of bull 
bullying them and kind of extorting them. Um, So we're fast forwarding a few years now. Things have settled down. The survivors have kind of gotten their stuff together. Really cool story. It's, I mean, The Walking Dead is still killer. Um, The only problem- No pun intended. Yeah, no pun intended. The latest issue that I read, they're processing in some some survivors. And the book ends with the survivors that they brought in not trusting Rick Grimes. And so the roles have reversed. Reversed, yeah. So that was a cool twist. Okay, I I can see kind of where they're going with that. Um, Saga's back. Brian K. Vaughn is back for his, I believe it's the third or fourth volume. I was I was a little hesitant. I was wondering if they were going to lose steam because Saga's picked up in popularity. Issue, uh, what is it, 19 and 20 or something like that. Picks up right where it left off. It's still a really good book. Still doing a great job. Highly recommend it. Still one of my favorite books. And I'd go out and check that one out. Oh, dude, the Prince Robot the Fourth cosplay. Yeah. The guy has the, the working TV on his head, the working monitor on his head. Dude won whatever contest he was yeah. doing, wherever that con was. Yeah, the contest. That's, yeah. That's amazing. The other thing that I uh, got, and it's brainless fun, it's Punisher turned up to 11, basically, Judge Dredd. You can't go wrong with Judge Dredd. It's one of those where you have to try really hard to screw it up. And the last thing I want to talk about is a book that is not out yet, but it's by someone who did possibly some of the best Thor ever, Walt Simonson, Ragnarok. Nice. Have you seen the art for it? Yeah, anything? I've seen you posted it on Facebook a few times now. A few it times. Really good. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I am so looking forward to it because when he did Thor, you know, he brought Thor more to a Viking kind of story setting. Sure. It was always happening in Asgard. He was fighting frost giants. He was fighting, you know, hella. It's more mythological. Yeah, it was yeah. way more mythological. There was the thing where he turned into a frog, whatever. <laughs> but it happens. For the, it happens. Yeah. For the most part, it was all mostly taking place in Asgard. He did a Balder the Brave four issue limited series. Amazing. So seeing him back to doing Norse mythology and Walt Simonson, I am in. So I'm very excited about that. Cool. Looking forward to that. When, when does he plan on releasing that? I think it comes out in July. I believe first issue is released at San Diego Comic-Con. Nice. It's not an exclusive, but oh, I wow. think that's when it comes out. Okay. Very cool. Same week. Coming up first, we have a special interview with Joey Brown. So what initially got you into comics? Well, um, it's actually probably pretty funny. My first and favorite comic book as a kid was Sonic the Hedgehog by Archie Comics. I was pretty obsessed with that one. I would read just about everything that came out by them, like miniseries or 48-page specials. I would drive my mother nuts being like, can we go up to the grocery store so I can see if the new (laughs) issue's out? (laughs) Get it off that little spindle rack thing. Well, I was just so excited when I discovered that it was a comic book. I had read a couple comics here and there, like Disney adventure versions of the Disney movies, like The Lion King or whatever that came out. Right. And I still wasn't really like familiar with what comic books were. So when I found Sonic the Hedgehog, who was like my favorite character ever in a comic book, I was like, whoa, what are these things? And so I dragged my mother to a comic book store and just got into that whole scene. I thank her endlessly because I'm sure she was just not a super fan of having to go do this. I loved reading as it was, but like what, as soon as I figured out that you could bring art and reading together, that was it. I was just like, was, this, boom. <laughs> this is the best thing ever in the whole world. What was the transition? Because when I first met you, it was was at Dragon Con, thanks to Lindsay, mm-hmm. and you were cosplaying Miss Marvel. So Sonic the Hedgehog to Miss Marvel seems like a pretty wide transition. Like, how did you <laughs> find out like who Miss Marvel is? So my best friend in the whole world, Hannah Lee's, is a really really big cosplayer, and I used to be a lot more into the cosplay scene. Now I'm kind of too busy drawing and stuff. But um, she was doing a Rogue costume, and she was really excited about it. And she was telling me the story about Rogue and the character Carol Danvers, and like their connection and their 
situation. And she and I had always been into cosplaying characters that had some kind of connection or they went together in some way. So she was like, oh, you should cosplay Miss Marvel and I'll do Rogue and be like a really fun set to do. And then next thing you know, we've got Gambit and we've got a, a Kitty Pride, and we had so many. It was really fun. That Dragon Con that I met you, was that the first time you did Miss Marvel? Because there was a Gambit there as well. No, the first time I had worn it was at San Diego Comic Con that had come right before that Dragon Con, I think. When I saw you as Miss Marvel, I totally freaked out because I thought you nailed it. <laughs> Thank you. The credit goes to Hannah because she's the one that's able to sew. It was a lot of fun getting to cosplay with my friends, especially because it was something comics related, girl power, having fun yeah. with your friends kind of situation. But as to how I got from Sonic to that, when I got into the comic book scene, I just tried a little bit of everything. I ended up gravitating towards all ages comics like Sonic and Disney. I didn't read a whole lot of actual Archie, but there were there were a whole lot of things that I tried out. And then I tried Aspen, I think was her character oh. name. I mean, literally the last time I read it, I was 13 or so. So yeah. I, I don't remember <laughs> it very well. And then I found like indie comics when I got a little older and I thought that was really cool. And so I just I just kind of went all over the place, essentially. So have you ever cosplayed anything other than Miss Marvel? Or has that always been the staple? I used to cosplay a whole lot back in like 2003, 2004. One of my biggest things that people know, I guess, is Sailor Venus. And I actually won an international Sailor Venus lookalike contest randomly. <laughs> That's totally cool. And that was, again, another group costume that I did with Hannah Lee's. She was Sailor Mercury and my other best friend, Pernice Osborne. Um, she was our Sailor Moon. And we did a singing, dancing, ribbon dancer routine. It was so much fun, though. Like You're like, let's just yeah. do this. Let's get up on that stage and let's sing and let's dance and twirl our ribbon dancers around. And yeah. <laughs> what else have I done? I've done a couple of Final Fantasy characters. Oh, I did Human Luna from Sailor Moon. One of my favorite ones was Lum from Udo. Sayatsura, which is that one I don't know. <laughs> well, it's a really, really old anime from like seventies, eighties about an alien girl with green hair that wears a tiger stripe bikini. It was a really daring costume because never in my life have I showed that much skin in public. You would think that you know wearing a bikini in the hot weather of LA that it would be you know like relatively cool. No, when you're wearing less clothes, it's like infinitely hotter for whatever reason. It's probably the embarrassment. I don't know. <laughs> All right, so I know on Facebook you've posted that thing where you do I don't know what it's called. I forgot again. We talked about it before, but the live drawing. My live stream? Yeah. That's a lot of fun, actually, because it's, it's a great way to like interact with people while I'm drawing. Right. If I'm doing like a commission, I'll have the client sit in the room while I'm working on it, and they can watch as I'm going, and then I can ask them, hey, do you like this? And they're like, okay, yeah. And the last one I did, I want to say, was in January. So it was, it was a good long time ago. It was for a client commission I was doing. You had mentioned um, you do commissions. I do. Is that on your site as well, like, like a price guide, or is there like a set price? If you have a commission that you want me to do. Just shoot me an email and we can talk about it. Yeah. I just want to make sure that people know that that's available. I know you've recently released your own comic, The Heavenly Kibble Guardian Corgi, mm -hmm. but there's another comic I want to discuss first. You recently posted, well, fairly recently posted on your Facebook, your quote unquote first comic, which was Metal Wing. <laughs> So let's hear what the story is behind that. So, you remember? Yes. No, I remember it distinctly because that was the moment that I, I like got into making my own comic books. It was in sixth grade and my target class had us do an assignment where we had to invent our own superhero and we had to make a plushie of the character and we had to make a comic book. The comic book only had to be like one page of drawings essentially, but I went all out and was like, oh, well, I've read these things. I know how this goes. I made like seven or eight pages. I went so far 
as like stapling in fake advertisements from magazines. I put together like a little a letters column in the back and like a subscription offer. You could like clip it out and send it to my actual house. It was so silly. And the character itself, Metal Wing, I think you could tell I was obsessed with Sonic because the character was a cat. And when he came in touch with these magical things called day rings, he would turn into Metal Wing. He would become this anthropomorphic cat wearing a suit of armor and these giant metal wings. And he would be attacking like the evil dog character. And he had like this witty sidekick character who is definitely based around Max from Sam and Max, if you're familiar with that video game. It was absolutely everything that I was into at that time. You could tell I was pulling it all together. There actually exists a plushie of the character as well. I should take a photo of it and put it on Facebook for you. My mother and I spent like two weeks trying to sew this thing because, you know, neither of us at the time really knew how to sew anything. And what's funny is that it actually spurred me to make my own comic book company as a child. So it was more of a club. Three of my good friends at the time and I that I kind of roped into this, we would make comics and we would put these things out, you know, as often as 13 year olds can be bothered to actually finish whatever they start. I was like, I want to make comics. And I was like, ridiculously passionate about it. Obviously, the passion's still there because you've made a new comic, Heavenly Kibble Guardian Corgi, which is kind of funny because you were saying before it was always like a cat and the dog was a bad guy. Yeah. And then now it's flipped because now the Corgi is a good guy and there's an evil cat in the comic. What inspired that idea? The actual comic idea was just me and a coworker were messing around like, oh, I should make a comic book because I hadn't done anything comic related in a long time. Like I went to school for animation stuff and really kind of got sidetracked around like I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with myself. And I was like, you know, I haven't I haven't made a comic in a really long time. I should try that. I was like, I should do just like a one page deal. Like my coworker was like finding writing prompts for me. And there was one where it was like, you wake up in the morning and your dog can speak English. What do you do? And so I took that writing prompt and turned it into a whole thing. And and again, my one page turned into 12. Um, and I went from, I was just going to do this one thing for a silly Tumblr post to, oh my God, I made an actual comic book and I'm going to get it printed. I was one of the fortunate ones to actually get a copy and I got it signed. So anyone who's <laughs> listening can be jealous. <laughs> Um, I thought it was fun. I thought it was a really cute story. The art is beautiful, but it read so smooth, so easy. It was just a fun story to read. And what I like is it's like a story that you can read to your kids, too, because the art's so nice and really colorful and vibrant. Oh, thank you. I really like making children's media. In grad school, I did a lot of children's book stuff. You know, it's just one of those things like I want to entertain everybody with my stuff, not just one thing. And I find a lot of kids media can do that if it's done the right way. So I guess that's kind of what I was going for with this. So is there going to be more coming? Oh, absolutely. Um, number two has been scripted, and I actually have a couple of mini comics that I'm going to be doing and putting out on the web relatively soon in preparation for my fall conventions that are coming up. The actual number two itself is going to unfortunately be a little delayed because I'm doing a full-time comics gig right now, and it would be due at the same time that this one is, and there's only so Not many hours. Happen. No, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. You're like, uh, unless I can start actually bending space-time. <laughs> <laughs> so you recently announced that it is now available digital as well, right? For 99 cents? Yes, it is. Um, Where at? You can download it digitally from drivethroughcomics.com or indieplanet.com for 99 cents. That's awesome. And anyone who's listening should go ahead and do that (laughs) right now. Like pause this because you don't want to miss anything else. Go download it and then come back. (laughs) 
How have sales been for the comic so far? I know the first batch like sold like amazingly quick. Yeah, the the very first 50 that I printed, and I actually thought I was pushing it by printing 50 of them. I was like, oh, I'm going to have <laughs> these things forever. Sold out the weekend that I debuted them at WonderCon, and I was just amazed. Like I never, ever expected anything like that to happen. I thought, oh, maybe I'll sell eight copies and amuse somebody. I was really amazed and thankful that that many people thought it was interesting enough to buy. So I did a second print run, which sold out again from online sales. And then I'm actually on my third. I'm about to sell out from my third print run, actually. So almost 150 copies have sold. So what's really cool is Will Wheaton, who is highly regarded among the gaming and comic community, posted a photo of the first issue on his Tumblr page (laughs) to share it with someone named Frogman, who I doubt is probably his real name. No, it's not his real name. I don't remember (laughs) what his real name is, but that guy is actually an artist of a pretty well-known Corgi webcomic. I was amazed. I was actually up in Oregon at the time when I got the phone call from my friend that Will Wheaton had taken a picture of my comic and put it up online. And I just was like, what? (laughs) He found it and he thought it was cool enough to take a picture. I was just endlessly amazed and like, wow, because, you know, I watched Star Trek religiously as a child. So to be like, oh, oh my God, Wesley Crusher likes my comic book. Like (laughs) it was like the absolute geek out moment of the century for me. And what I think is even more fun is the fact that that means that he goes to my comic book store all the time. At least, and you've never run into him. <laughs> no, right? Maybe I should hang out there more often. Um, that particular comic book store, House of Secrets in Burbank, was selling my comic book on commission. All the friendly people over there. I love Amy. I was really thankful she made it her pick of the week. And I think that's that's why it was out in front. And I was just like, oh, you're the best. <laughs> Recently, you became an artist for Thrillbent Comics. That came from the whole WonderCon thing and kind of came out of left field for me, but was really exciting because the title I'm working on is something that I'm super, super into. And I'm really, really hoping that people like it because I am just in love with it. It's not Sonic, is it? No, no. <laughs> I, I was just taking a guess. You said you're really, really into it. So I thought, oh, could it be Sonic? No, that would be amazing, though. Maybe I should send my portfolio to Archie and beg them to let me draw a Sonic comic. <laughs> so people can go to thrillbent.com, right, to see more? They can. Um, my actual title has not officially been announced yet. I think they were saying it's supposed to be announced next week or the week after. So maybe okay. by the time people are hearing this, it will have been announced. The only thing I'm allowed to say about it is that it's about a girl and her spaceship. And I'm really, really excited. I've been having a lot of fun working with the writer. It's one of those things where as soon as I, I was reading the scripts, I was like, yes, please sign me up. This is absolutely... <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> like, I am in. Let's do this. So I'm, I'm really, really hoping that people enjoy it as much as I've enjoyed making it so far. Where else can people find out more about you or your art? They can go to my website, which is www.joeyart.net. My name is spelled J-O-I-E, in case anyone doesn't know. I've got a portfolio there, and I'm in the middle of putting together a comics portfolio, and there's a link to my store where you can buy the actual printed version of Heavenly Kibble Guardian Corgi, number one. Um, And I also have a blog, which that's where most of the artwork I have is. It's really exciting to get to do this. This is my first interview ever. I'm I'm pretty, pretty stoked. And thank you very much for having me, because this is a cool experience for me. Very cool. I hope you had fun. I did, yes. It's been a fun geek out hour with you. (laughs) (laughs) Up next, we have an interview with the guys from Diego Publishing. I'm Nigel Borch. And I'm Federico Memola. We're with Diego Publishing, and we're listening to the Comic Relief Podcast. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks. This is Diego Publishing, right? Not Diego? Well, the name is Diego. Sai come si dice? Diego or Diego? (laughs) I... 
sempre detto Diego. The reason I ask is I've seen it on, on your site. Even in English it's pronounced Diego, but I've never seen the emphasis on the G-O, which I think is a very cool take. Tell me about a comic that you're currently working on. It looks like the, the comic is called Rourke, is that correct? It's a mini-series published here in Italy from 2009-2010. Eight numbers here in Italy. I don't know if you know the classic Italian format of comic books. Here we published usually books of 98 pages in black and white monthly. The series is an horror fantasy set in modern Ireland. The main character is this guy, Rourke, whose name is the same of the book. He worked as a, a, the, a English, uh, the English translation is a hex buster. What is a hex buster? What does a hex buster do? He has a gift. The gift to remove uh, curses and uh, hexes from people, taking them uh, on uh, himself. So he's almost like a bounty hunter for the cursed. Yes, the starting point of the series. We learn uh, why he has this gift. We learn uh, about the existence of uh, witches, a war between witches and in Catholic Inquisition, Rourke and his family get caught in the middle of this war because Rourke's mother was a witch. This series is set in, in modern times. In modern times, set in 2004-2005. Readers will discover it only at the end of, of the series. And I see one of your other books, Enchantment Agency. Is this your focus when you're, when you're writing? I was uh, always fond of the supernatural science fiction. I grew up reading books watching movies, science fiction, fantasy. It's a genre I like uh, very much and uh, many of my works are uh, about science fiction or supernatural. Enchantment Agency is a comedy and the main characters are these uh, two beautiful girls, Jasmine and Miriam. That's very interesting. You went with a very dark, almost an anti-hero in Rourke. You also went with a supernatural comedy on uh, Enchantment Agency. Making all... <laughs> Always the same thing is a little boring, so oh, yeah. we try to diversificate the, the, the series. Okay, so let, let's go back to Rourke for a moment. When Rourke uh, removes the curse, he actually takes on the curse himself. He removes from the client, uh, from the, and then he has uh, to remove the curse from himself after uh, free the client. The, his story, it doesn't necessarily take place in Italy, right? It takes place all over the world. Looks like I, you mentioned Ireland. Ireland, a few other places. Yes, I choose uh, Ireland for the story because uh, I want uh, the country with a long uh, Catholic tradition. Here in Italy, we have uh, the adventure comics, uh, science fiction, fantasy, crime stories, uh, but uh, almost all these uh, comics uh, are uh, settled in the United States or sure. in uh, in England, but uh, mostly in the United States. Italian writers are writing stories set in the United yes. States? Ah, yes. that's, that's It's a little complicated to, uh, to explain, uh, especially in, uh, in another language. To make uh, these stories uh, believable uh, is set uh, in Italy. Often uh, we have to find a lot of uh, documentation about uh, American uh, cities, American uh, way of life. I would be interested to read some of these comics and see how America is, uh, you know, is portrayed after being interpreted by just Hollywood movies and TV shows. That would be very interesting. <laughs> yes, Hollywood movies, uh, cities are not uh, really the cities. Oh, no. Uh, we look for uh, a lot of uh, pictures uh, on, on internet uh, of the real places. Okay, and, and where can people find Rourke? Are you offering
offering it both in paperback and digital as well? Digital, yes. Paperback, I don't know. There will be a paperback edition. For now, there's a printed edition for the first volume. There are plans for the other ones, but uh, they haven't actually been done yet. Where can people go to download the digital copy of uh, Rourke? I think it was a drive-through RPG. Yeah, with, uh, I, be- I believe it was that. Yeah. I can't say enough good things about them. They're a great service. You find a lot of good stuff on drive-through RPG. Do you have a online presence on uh, Facebook or Twitter? Yes, I have a Facebook profile with my name, Federico Memola. DeviantArt profile. It's, uh, a lot of art. I have also a, a blog where uh, I published uh, all uh, the, the Enchantment Agency episodes uh, for free, but uh, only in Italian. So that you're Federico Memola on Facebook. Yes. So you can find Federico Memola <laughs> on Twitter, twitter.com slash Federico Memola. You can also find him on Facebook.com, yes. Federico.memola, FedericoMemola.deviantArt.com. Check out Federico on Twitter. Check out Federico on Facebook, on DeviantArt. Uh, buy the books. Help these publishers out. Help these artists out. Thank you very much, guys, for coming on and talking to us. And uh, we look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> sorry for my English. No, no, no. You don't have to be sorry at all, man. This was good. <laughs> all right, man. Looks like we're running low on time here. All right, guys. So thanks for listening. Don't forget to like us on Facebook. We're facebook.com slash comic relief podcast follow us on twitter comic relief pod c c <laughs> right um check out our youtube page uh, comic relief podcast is, yep. is our channel and you can always visit us at comic relief podcast.com where you can uh, we're linked to all these uh different pages uh visit us on itunes download the podcast please leave a review it really help us out yeah. review and rating absolutely yeah we, we greatly appreciate it so thank you for listening and we'll talk to you next time all right thank you Thank you for listening to the Comic Relief Podcast. We'll hope you join us next time as we continue to discuss all things comic book related. And until then, make mine Marvel. And see. And independent. Don't forget to check us out at comicreliefpodcast.com or you can visit our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash comicreliefpodcast or go to our YouTube channel www.youtube.com forward slash comicreliefpodcast podcast and finally there is our twitter page which is twitter.com forward slash comic relief podc i'd like to give a special shout out to travis richards who did the music for the comic relief podcast visit his website at www.travisarichards.com
it's picking up the. Picking Speaking up of what? The... Oh yeah. <laughs> Are you sure we'll, we'll be able to? Uh, how bad is it? Huh? How bad is it? Oh, that's not that bad. You'll be able to. Um, yeah. You want to listen to it and just test it out real quick? Sure. If that can be any worse, then I can't even do it in this chair. <laughs> <laughs>